Hi everyone and welcome to another Firms Consulting Podcast. So today's podcast is going to be very interesting. Um, you know, I've spoken many times about how to find mentors, how to be a good mentee, how to handle mentor-mentee relationships, how to invest in it, how to develop it. There's a lot of material out there that, that we've put up about this. But I want to talk about something else, which is how to break a mentor-mentee relationship or what happens when you need to... Um, develop yourself beyond the relationship you know how do you deal with that so i think that there are, there are two ways to to look at this right the one is you, there's what i call an amicable departure whereby you feel that the mentor is no longer um useful to you or they're not able to provide the kind of advice that you need to develop or at least to take you in the direction you want to go right now I don't want to talk about that because that's kind of obvious. It's amical departure, you have coffee, you have drinks, and you just never contact each other afterwards, so it's easy. I want to talk about the situation whereby you fundamentally disagree with your mentor. And I want to even make it even more specific to management consulting whereby let's assume you work with your mentor. And I'm going to use my example of that. In my consulting career, I would say that I've had... Two very close mentors who have, you know, very carefully guided me. And I think there's a third guy who would call himself my mentor. But I would say that he wasn't as close as the other two, but he did have a big impact on my career, right? So so let me just give you some, some things to think about here and place this into context. The first guy was one of the youngest partners ever at the firm. So I related to him in that regard because I could see, you know, I could see that he had many of the attributes I wanted. I didn't want to be an old partner. I wanted to be a young partner, just like him in my 20s, right? And so I could learn from him. Now, now this partner's mentor also was my mentor. So so I had... I, I was mentored by this partner, and that partner's mentor also was mentoring me. And I was very close to both of them. And... When I say very close, I mean close to the point of socializing like four nights a week. Um, even when I was just an uh, analyst and a, um, uh, an associate, right? Because one of the partners used to spend all his time in the office. So, you know, I was always there with him and we would go for dinner and, and lunch and whatever. And the other senior partner was also pretty close to me and I'd play golf with him and so on. Not four times a week, but at least once a week and so on. So my point here is that with the young partner, I think it was an amicable departure whereby we decided that uh, it wasn't a negative. I just felt that I couldn't learn anything more from him at a certain point. And we, we, we remained friends, but not close friends. You know, people grow apart, so let's not worry about that. I want to talk about the very senior partner that mentored me and the next partner that mentored me. And I want to talk about how those ended because I think it's important to understand that not all mentor-mentee relationships end well. And there are times when you have to def- you know, you have to know what you stand for and know what you're willing to die for. That's the point I want to make here. So let's talk about the first partner, how that relationship ended. And even ended years may be a very strong word because I don't think he sees it as being ended. I think I certainly saw it the way, but I don't think he saw it that way, right? So anyway, what happened is that you know when I was made a um, associate, I was sent off to some 
horrible office which shall remain unnamed uh, which was you know young at that point and still growing didn't have major strategy capabilities or operations or any capabilities for that matter it's a young office and there was a lot of new attention being placed there because of the uh, con convergence of certain client interests that made that office very important so i was sent there and then a few months later the senior partner who was mentoring me was also brought into that office and the decision was made to build a strategy practice in that office which didn't exist before it was just a hodgepodge of different capabilities so i decided to go see the the managing partner running that office the managing director running that office to recommend to him that i should run the strategy practice now Clearly, by now you should know that I do not lack confidence, right? Because my mentor, who's a senior partner in strategy, is there with the expectation that he would run the strategy practice, and I'm just an associate, and I'm going to this managing director running the office and saying, well, I think I should run the strategy practice. Give me the strategy practice, and I'll build a team. I'll develop the teams, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, the managing director heard me out for about an hour. I made my case, and... He didn't give me to run the strategy practice, which is probably a good thing. But he gave it to the managing director, to the senior partner who was my mentor. I didn't like that decision, by the way. And the reason I didn't like that decision is because I didn't, I didn't feel that my mentor was someone who was good at building teams. I, I felt that he was not good at taking what he knew and transferring it to... Um, younger consultant. I think he was very bad at that, actually. He's a nice guy. I like him, play golf with him, and so on. But I felt that if we, we're building a strategy practice here with this guy, you're just going to have a bunch of people who don't know what they're doing. So I didn't like that decision, right? So while they weren't going to give me the chance to run the strategy practice, uh, there was... I think a consensus in the office that the strategy team should be built around me um, because I knew the issues in that sector. I was good in you know dealing with um, problematic clients. Let's put it that way. You know, I'm the kind of person who would go camp out at some weird part of the world just to solve the problem, no matter what it took, right? And I, I really didn't like what was happening because I felt that we were doing something to please. A senior partner was not good at his work rather than doing what was right for the client and the and the younger consultant. So I did something that in hindsight maybe I shouldn't have done, but I did it anyway. I went to the operations partner and said I want to join the operations practice. And I joined the operations practice for one year. I moved across from strategy into operations and I worked with the operations partner. And what happened is that when most of the strategy people in that office saw that I moved across into operations, they, they said, okay, I, I want to work with Michael. Can I go to operations too? And, and what eventually happened there is that you know, a lot of the key strategy, the young consultants who were, you know, obviously in the firm, you don't actually, you're not actually a strategy operations consultant, you rotate across. But what happened is not many people wanted to be on the strategy projects because of all the interesting work we're doing with that partner. Now, it's not to say that, you know, um, 
there weren't any other good people in the film. Obviously, there's some brilliant people, amazing people. You know, you can fill a stadium with people that were better than I was. But in that particular office, which was the young office, at that point in time, there weren't, um, let's put it this way, it's slim pickings, as they say. So I moved across. All the good people came with me. And then strategy basically grinded into nothing. Strategy died. The senior partner left. I moved back into strategy and they gave me to run that practice in that office. And then from there I built another specialized practice which I you know, ran uh, worldwide at some point. Now, did I have... This is an interesting thing about this. I think I probably should not have done that. Because... It is completely possible that I could have paired up with that senior partner and he could have focused on the big picture and I could have focused on developing the, the strategy team in that office. And that's one of the decisions I'm probably not so proud of. In fact, he remained a major ally of mine all to, through the end. Even when I left the firm and um, you know, wanted to, to join a rival firm, which I did, and um, you know, he was one of the few people who said I was doing the right thing. Of course, he could have been saying that to get rid of me, but I don't think so. I think he actually backed my decision. He thought it was the right thing for me to do. He felt I needed to grow and and see the way things were done in you know rival firms, maybe smaller firms, but still rival firms. So that's an example of whereby I pretty much overreacted and yeah, ended that, that mentor-mentee relationship. Let's come to the third example. Right? The third example, I don't believe I overreacted although you may have disagreed if you were in the room. So what was happening here is that while consulting firms like McKinsey and BCG tell you they don't worry about profitability and profits and so on, the correct term is that they don't talk about profitability outside of the boardroom, their boardroom, not the client boardroom. But I can assure you internal discussions are all about resource allocation, resource being people, and you've got to pay them salaries, so it's about the capital allocation. And for me, it's very important that you, you look, you can make mistakes, but I think that the junior people shouldn't be punished for a mistake a senior person makes. I'm a really big believer in that. You know, one of the things I've always admired about uh, Ian Davis, who, when he ran the London office for McKinsey before he became CEO of McKinsey, when the London office went through you know, a lot of trouble, Ian Davis refused to cut salaries and he was willing for partners to forego bonuses so that the junior staff didn't see a reduction in salaries and they didn't you know, lose bonuses. But at worst, he didn't have to retrench people. Now, for me, I've always felt that is the way a leader needs to respond. There are times when you need to cut staff and then you need to do it. But there are other times when, you know, if there's a way to manage the finances to keep your core capabilities intact, you should do it. So what happened with the third mentor and I can honestly say this mentor had the biggest impact on my career. So we were very close. We were as thick as thieves, as they say. Or, but bottom line is that we were, if there's any consultant or any person I've been as close as I have been within my entire career, it's probably with him. And what it came down to is, by this time I was running my own practice and he was he wasn't running any worldwide practices because that wasn't his role he was more involved with dealing with clients uh, but he was very 
um, influential in performance reviews. And we were having a performance review. And there were 20 partners in the room. There may have been more. It was a big room. And I was the most junior partner. And we were discussing how we were going to remunerate different groups within the firm and how we were going to promote people and so on. So what I noticed happening was this. This partner, my mentor, wanted... It was important for him to consolidate the influence he had so that the people that he wanted to be on his clients and his kind of engagements stayed there so that his projects didn't suffer. And the way he did this is that he was trying to bump up their bonuses. So he was doing as much as he could to talk them up and make them look like it's such a good job and their bonuses should go up and they should get... And, you know, the way it works is that there's a certain pool allocated to an office, a practice, or a region, and, you know, you then make um, allocations from that pool. And I could see through that very quickly, right? So you can see... You know, being able to see through something is quite a different issue from proving it, right? We all know that. But... He made it bad for himself because in that meeting, he pulled, he puts up this projection sheet and he shows people how they had agreed to, to rate and rank all the consultants. And then he puts together this interesting discussion about how a lot has changed in the last year and this group of people have done a very good job and you know what, even though we were going to remunerate in this way, we need to change the remuneration focus and we should change the, 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 the metrics and the criteria and reward the people who had done most of the work and it just so happens to be his people. And and I mean, you got to understand, he's a senior partner, I'm a junior partner, right? And I'm th- and everyone else agrees. And everyone says, yeah, that's a great idea. I agree, I agree. And I said, wait, hold on a second, you cannot do that. You cannot tell people they're going to be rewarded in a certain way and then at the end of the year change the metrics and reward them in a different way. Yeah, sure, they'll never find out about it, but it's wrong to do that. So anyway, I can assure you that was an amusing display that lasted about 49 minutes. And what surprised me is that many of the other partners refused to take on this partner because he was a influential partner. He had some of the, you know, he was a rising star in the firm, major companies he dealt with. But, but look, you know, my point is, you got to go in, and yeah, sure, I may get fired and so on. And it did affect my career at the firm after that, I can be quite honest. But I was the only one fighting and saying, you cannot do that, it doesn't make any sense. And one of the things I'm very good at is I always tell people, if you know the numbers, no one can challenge you. And I do know the numbers. When I go into a situation, I always know the numbers. So this guy decided he's going to make a comment about how some of the other teams are not adding a lot of value. I said, okay, just hold on a second, right? You're saying that, but the metrics you are proposing are not even showing that. The metrics you are proposing, even the metrics you propose, are showing the other teams are doing fine, but we're adding in some subjective criteria and we're then subjectively punishing certain of the practices and offices and we are promoting some of them that just happens to be people in 
you know your part of the business so anyway i was surprisingly able to keep my viewpoint and and convince the majority of the partners in that room to go back to the original criteria we agreed and it was a simple argument why should people be punished because they followed what we told them to follow if 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 we had the wrong criteria at the beginning of the year then they shouldn't be punished for that because if you tell them to do one thing and they do it it doesn't mean they couldn't do the other thing so maybe we need to think more carefully about changing the metrics for the next year now, it, it's upset a lot of people and i remember after that uh, um, uh, session which which ended just before lunch a lot of the uh, partners in the senior partners practice came up to me and said you know i can see you really fight for what you believe in but my point is that at that point i lost my biggest mentor because i fundamentally disagreed with the way he ran the business i'm not saying that he's you know i'm a saint i'm definitely no saint but i don't think you must punish other people or use them as pawns in this whole little game for influence to become you know hope probably to be you know be positioned as CEO of the firm one day. So that's how I lost my third mentor. Now the first mentor, an amicable departure, I simply outgrew him. The second mentor, the second mentor never took it negatively that I left the strategy practice, went to the operations practice, came back to the strategy. He thought it was good for me to do that and he actually continued to support what I was doing. The third mentor, it was not an amicable breakup. Um, should it have been amicable? I don't think so. I think when a mentor is in a position where he's abusing his power or abusing his influence, then there has to be a line that is drawn. And you can argue this is an internal matter, but to me it's not an internal matter. To me, the engine of the firm is the talent or the people, and if the engine is not working optimally, the client is going to suffer. So, in listening to this podcast, what should be the takeout here? The takeout here is that you're going to spend your whole life trying to find mentors, right? You, and some of you are going to be very successful. You're going to find amazing mentors. Maybe just 5% of you. The other 95% will think you have good mentors, but they'll probably be a disaster. At, le at least ignorance is bliss, so you won't know. Now, for the 5% who develop these really strong mentor-mentee relationships, I can assure you, at a certain point, your mentor is going to do something that you do not agree with. And you're going to have to decide how to handle this. Now, do you keep quiet and let it happen? Because if you if you speak up, you can damage the relationship that has been cementing your career. Or do you speak up for it? Now, I'm not saying to commit suicide and fall on your sword or anything like that. But what I'm saying is that be very wary of assuming your mentors are perfect. Be very wary of assuming that when you continuously invest in this relationship, it's just going to continue giving gifts that never stop giving. At some point, you may want to break this relationship. You can do it the easy way by just withdrawing. Or if the mentor does something you fundamentally disagree with, you're going to have to take them on on principle. And you'll come across a winner sometimes, but most likely you're going to come across as a loser. So what does this mean for you? What it means for you is that when you build mentor-mentee relationships, I think that you want to always know that 
the person is your mentor you can disagree with them you should disagree with them and when a mentor responds in a very negative way when you disagree with them that probably isn't your mentor to start off with they don't own you they you know it's not some kind of you know mafia organization whereby you know he shoots someone and you can't talk about it is your mentor is your guidance counselor for lack of a better word uh, but beyond that if you disagree with your mentor you need to speak up and you need to have an exit plan i think you know, i see a lot of people going into mentor mentee relationships but they don't have an exit plan and they actually become stuck and some of us allow ourselves to become stuck right we find a great mentor who's rapidly rising through the firm he co- pulls you in closely you get all you know sucked into the glamour of being part of the a team you're willing to overlook things because you're getting paid more you're getting promoted more you on the elite projects why would you turn a blind eye to that but th- the reality is that those kind of situations determine who you are now as i mentioned before i'm certainly no saint i've you know these things are going to have a negative effect on your career but is it going to end your career no you know the the thing is we always assume things are a lot worse than it turns out to be you know when i was arguing with that with my mentor in front of like 25 other partners that what he was doing was wrong obviously very professionally when i say arguing we're debating on merit not attacking each other personally but it was fairly heated you know i don't know how it's going to turn out but it actually didn't turn out as bad as you think it does going to turn out so my point is mentors are good but they're not essential. So as you are building your career and looking for mentors, look for good mentors, have an exit strategy. And if a time comes where you don't agree with what your mentor is saying or you don't want this as your mentor anymore, don't panic about it. It's okay to step away, it's okay to walk away, so it's okay to fight on principle. And the reality is that if you do a pretty good job there, there'll be another partner who's going to say, "Hey, you know what? This person really stood up for what the firm believes in, even though he disagrees with his partner, I'll mentor him." So, or her. So my point is look for a mentor, have an exit strategy, know at a certain point you're going to outgrow them, and know that if you need to break the ties very quickly do it there's always other people there there that will mentor you so don't get caught into this you know horrible self-fulfilling prophecy where you say no one's mentoring me if this person doesn't mentor me nothing's going to you know nothing's good going to come out of this things actually do work out in the end as always I'll be happy to post um, any uh, responses to comments or answer any questions